And this is not my opinion, it's the Hadith of Muhammad where he said that our destiny, what has been apportioned for us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been written and he said the pens have been lifted and the ink is dry. Now some of you may say then why should we work? Right? If what is mine is mine, it is going to come anywhere. Why should I work? Why should I do anything? Also, some of you might say, well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Najam, Therefore, a man, a person, for a person is only that which he works for. So apparently we have two things which seem to be different, seem to be contradictory, right? So we have a hadith which says that what is meant for you is written that's matters over closed and on the other hand you have the ayat of the Quran saying for you is that which you work for and it's very important to understand also from the principles of our religion that the sahih hadith of Rasulullah where the hadith is mustanad which is it is uh, authenticated it never contradicts the Quran so if there is apparent if there is an apparent contradiction then we have to see why does it look like that it's very easy to understand if you understand the meaning of destiny right then nabi sallallahu is talking about the destiny has been written and the ink is dry pens have been lifted he's talking about the qadr of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what is the qadr of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what is the meaning of destiny in Islam, we do not have the two extremes. There are some people who, they are different names. I won't use the istilahat, but different names. Um, but their understanding of destiny is that we are majboor. We are, we have no control over anything. So if a thief is stealing, he is stealing because that was written for him that he will steal, right? That is their jabariya, that's their understanding. On the other side, other extreme, we have people who believe that everything is in my control. Everything. Now, obviously, both are false. We don't believe in either. The first one is false because if you say, that the thief is stealing because this was written for him by Allah, then how do you punish the thief? For what? It is not in his control. Allah forced him, Naud Billah, to steal, then you cut his hand. So this is, you are saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is unjust. Allah is zalim, Naud Billah. This is not true. Second thing is, on the other side, that does not even need explanation because if anybody says everything is in my control, then you have to laugh because <laughs> as my sheikh used to say, if you think that, 
then in the morning tomorrow don't go to the bathroom let me see how long you can stay <laughs> he says even what is in your belly is not in your control what do you mean rest of your life how will it be in your control so alhamdulillah how do you understand therefore what is in your control and what is not in your control it is important to know that right i mean because if i if i know what's in my control i'll work on that and if i know what is not in my control i won't waste my time and energy worrying about that how do you know what's the, what is the formula what is the way of knowing very simple look at what we will be questioned about the questions that we will be asked are the things that are in our control Allah will not question us about things which Allah has written for us which are not in our control. So what are the questions that we will be asked? There are seven questions. The three in the grave which have to do with belief. Who is your Rabb? What is your deen? And what do you say about this person and that is Rasulullah who was sent among you? All three relating with Aqidah. Then there are four questions. and one of them is a double question on the day of judgment the hadith of rasulullah he said the feet of the of banu adam will not move from before allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until he answers these four questions what are those questions what did you do with the time meaning your lifespan that was given to you now think about this carefully allah is not saying how many years did you live why did you not live to be 100 The question is not about the number of years; it is about what did you do in those years? How did you spend that time? Time was given to you. This was not in your control. Whatever Allah gave, Allah gave. And this is from the Mashiach of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. For some, Allah gave a short time. For some, Allah gave a longer time. Right? So, if we, if a, if a child dies, we don't come. We are sad, of course. It's our child, but we don't complain because this is the. قدر الله this Allah's makhluk Allah called the child back when he wanted somebody lives for a long time this is Allah's makhluk what did you do in that time so ikhtiyar is with regard to our actions in this life what did how did i live this life second question what did you do in your youth right how did you spend your youth So specific to youth because there is, generally speaking, there is energy, there is strength, there is desires, and so on, so on. How did you control that? Third question: How did you? What did you do with the wealth? Meaning, how did you earn it, and where did you spend it? Again, question is not on the quantum of wealth. Why did you not become a billionaire? No. Whatever Allah gave, did you choose to earn it from? halal places did you choose to spend it in halal places what, what how did you use that and the fourth one what did you do with the knowledge which allah gave you allah is not going to ask you why did you not memorize the quran why did you not become a mufti why did you not become a psychologist why did you not become a orthopedician no whatever knowledge you acquired what did you do with that did you practice it and did you pass it forward did you teach others or you did not practice it you had the knowledge but you did the opposite or maybe you had the knowledge maybe you practiced but you never told anybody anything you never taught anybody anything right maybe you put a price on it i will teach you only if you pay me so much of money 
what you do. So four questions. These give us the idea of what is in our control. So with respect to color. Now, as I mentioned, this is important to understand because one of the uh, mistaken ideas that people have with regard to interest-based banking is they say that the progress of Muslims is being curtailed and is being stopped because we are not allowed to borrow money on interest. Right? Now, this is false for a number of reasons. Because first of all, if you look at it, there are many ways of acquiring capital. Borrowing on interest is not the only way. One of the best ways to acquire capital is through venture capital, is through shares. Some of the some of the biggest success stories in the world are of companies which have which have zero based till today they have no bank borrowings, right? And I can give you the names and whatnot, whatnot. So it's not a not a secret. Um, Second thing is in terms of ideas. What we require is ideas, not money. There are many people, I mean, in my consulting practice, I know so many people who are, you know, from family businesses and so on. So they have money. They have far more money than, than you know, most people have. But they don't have ideas. So they don't know what to do with the money. They have the money. It's sitting somewhere. At the, at the, at the most, they will buy this building. They will buy that land. That's it. That's not an idea. That's... <laughs> You're just parking your money somewhere. That's it. Whereas you've got some people with brilliant ideas and go watch Shark Tank, for example, on a nice program to watch. Huh? You will see what, uh, how people come up with all kinds of very innovative ideas. So that is one. Second thing is, when we say progress is being curtailed, we have to define what is progress. In the Islamic context, the choice is between success in this world and success in the Akhirah. Now, Islam doesn't say this or that. Islam says, live in a way where you will be successful in the dunya wal Akhirah and Akhirah. But if at some point in time you have to make, and sometimes there is an actual choice you have to make. Do I take this or this? What do you choose? Right? I mean, dumb answer, of course, Akhirah. But... <laughs> But, but do we do that? That is the question. Because if I am going to sacrifice my akhirah for the sake of this dunya, then I have to question my iman itself. Do I really have iman in the akhirah? Do I really believe that I will stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because on the one hand, I have a situation where I am borrowing money on interest and Rasulullah sallallahu said, the one who borrows money on interest, Allah has declared war on that person and this is the Quran itself. Ayah 275, which I recited yesterday. And he said on the day of judgment, the malaika will give that man or that woman a weapon in his hand. They'll give him a sword and say, go fight. You accepted a declaration of war from Allah. There is Allah. Go fight. My point is, is this how we want to be greeted on the day of judgment? Whatever we do in this world, we ask Allah to forgive us. We ask Allah to have mercy on us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to over, you know, to cover our faults, not show it to the world, not show it to anybody. Ya Allah, please forgive me. Whatever I did, I did. Allah subhanahu you know, please. You want to go there and be called the enemy of Allah? Hey, imagine. Enemy of Rasulullah We want the, we want the, the shafat. Ya Rasulullah, I am your ummati, you know, please make dua for me. Instead of that, you are his enemy now because you accepted this declaration of war. 
So if that is the choice, then we have to choose very clearly. I will not do this. So this is a very, very important thing for us to always keep in mind. And, and, the, and the, uh, the key is, remember that, like what I was saying yesterday and yesterday, that I say all of this, believe me, to remind myself. Right? Whether anyone <laughs> listens or not is a material. Every single thing that I have today will be left here. Every stitch of clothing on my body will be left here. Right? When they, when they wash me, they'll put me in a piece of cloth and send me home. Everything, everything, everything. So when I'm going to leave it here anyway, what is the sense in sacrificing what I'm going to take for the sake of what I'm going to leave? Yeah, makes no sense, right? You must take what works there. If I'm coming from, say, I mean, you guys are from Pakistan. If you come from Pakistan to America and you come here with Pakistani rupees, what what's the point of that? You need U.S. dollars, right? So convert the thing. Come with U.S. dollars. Then you can spend it here. But if you don't have that, right? If there is, supposing there is no way of exchanging and so on and so on. And if you say whatever you land with, that's it. Nothing else. Then you, all you have is paper. I mean, this paper doesn't even work here. So that's what, that is the situation. What, the currency of the Day of Judgment is what? Deeds. Amal. So somebody lands on the day of judgment and his amal are zero or his amal are minus. Then what was the good? He can't say, no, no, hold on a second. You know, but you know, back there, in the dunya I was king. I was so and so. Ah, hold on. This is something else. So ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep our eyes open and focused on his rida, on his pleasure. Because that's the only thing which matters. Nothing else. وصلى الله على نبي الكريم وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمه الله